Hi, this is Mark Wolfman, creator of Deathstroke and Bullseye and Teen Titans and many others. And you're listening to the Fandom Podcast. Welcome to the Fandom Podcast. This is the show that brings together geeks and nerds from across the fandomverse to analyze the news and discuss your favorite TV, movies, comics, and books. This is our random fandom club for the book Artemis by Andy Weir. But first, he sleeps in a coffin. He's Nick English. Oh, see, I was thinking I was going to have to wake you up. Okay. All right. I see the vampire reference there now. No, no. No. Sorry. Wrong book. (laughs) Wrong book. All right, and he is our welder in training, Jeff Dumas. A joke. That's just factual. Is it really factual? Yeah, yes, it is. Just my and he has right a, now. He has an awesome welding welding hood. Tell him, tell him about your welding. Hood. Uh, so I put a Hydra decal on it because I wear a Hydra hat every day, and then I also thought it'd be funny to put a Hydra patch on my apron. So how would we? How would we know it was exactly. you if there was not a Hydra decal on there? I mean, really. So, all right. Well, I am coming to you from Kenya Space Command. I am Brandon Ushio. We're talking about Artemis here. This is the first of our random fandoms. Kind of. In this reborn generation. It's the reboot of the random it, fandom. We figure we figure Hollywood keeps doing it, that we should give it a shot too. So, <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, we're talking about the book Artemis by Andy Weir and... But before we do that, let's bring it back. You're a wizard. You are entering the random fandom. I like to think that somewhere out there is a listener who's hearing that for the first time and just thinking, what the heck was that? Okay, so this is our kind of book club style discussion that we are going to be having. Actually, this one actually is a book club because we're talking about a book. But we figured this was a good time to be able to talk about any kind of uh, any kind of media. Talk to you guys, get some ideas for things that you want to talk to, whether it's a 20-year-old TV show, a two-year-old movie, or a six-month-old book. I mean, we'll talk about whatever you want, comics, games, movies, books. I mean, it's all it's all geek to us, right? <laughs> I see what you did there. The favorite uh, TV movies, comics that they love, comics and books from across the fandom verse. You know that thing that you tell them every oh, day? Yeah, the, yeah. We, 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 I, I kind of mention that every time, don't I? All right. So this is a perk of being a patron. You can choose a random fandom for us. And if you go over to patreon.com slash fandom podcast and sign up to be a patron, you can pick a random fandom for us to talk about in this random fandom club here. So, within reason. Within if reason. If you're going to suggest one, uh, it'd be appreciated if you also said, oh, by the way, it's streaming on X or it's available through Y. You know, just, that'd be helpful. Yeah. It, let us know where slash how we can get it or and legally. or. Legally. Legally. Legal is important. And it also has to be something that we can talk about in a family friendly way because that's kind of our brand. Um, I make Jeff talk nice about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you make me talk about Fifty Shades every week. I just love it so much. <laughs> but that's the thing. We can, so we can talk about things like Fifty Shades, 
it just has to be in a family friendly manner. So you may not get the discussion that you want out of it if if you pick a property like that, but we'll do our best to try it. We'll I mean, we'll see how that works. Let's just say it'll be a short episode. <laughs> so this is book a, was uh okay. Rotten Tomatoes joke or maybe. No, I'm pretty sure that all right, it's our 50 shades episode. Did you read it? No, me neither. Well, see you next week. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Then we'll, All right. Yeah, we'll say maybe it's a shade darker, and that'll be our outro, and we'll be done. Yep, yep. So, but no, head over to patreon.com slash fandom podcast, sign up, send us over some submissions over there. Um, this month, we are talking about Artemis. So, Artemis is set in the near future in a colony on the moon, and it's about a delivery person or a porter named Jazz that really wants to be able to go out and do EVA walks, which is spacewalks onto the surface of the moon. But she gets wrapped up into a scheme that involves a millionaire, the space mob, and others. So this is the second book by author Andy Weir, and it follows the massive success The Martian, which was turned into a movie starring Matt Damon. And uh, this book has kind of a mix of science mixed with some predictive science tied together in a pretty little bow with some space politics and detective work. I'm just picturing every time you say space mob or space politics, space mob, the mob. In space. space. I have to lean back from my microphone, or else it would blow that out when I do that. So, well, just don't shout it. Oh, is that control the control your voice? I have no control, Jeff. Do you remember who you're talking to? Actually, Brandon has all the control <laughs> because he gets to decide whether or not this whole conversation is ever heard. I can, I can hear it right now. You don't count. Oh. Uh, Guys, from this point on, there will be spoilers. Okay, guys. uh, So now that we are in spoiler territory, uh, Jeff, this one was your idea. What are kind of what grade would you give this book? Let's let's rate it. Tell us whether you liked it or not. Oh, uh, definitely liked it. I I enjoyed it. It was your idea. (laughs) Yes, it was. I liked it a bit more than I thought I would because all the advertisement for it was Rosario Dawson reading an Andy Weir book. It was like, look at this big name celebrity we got. So it made me kind of worried for the story, but like, hey, we got this big celebrity, but there's the stories. But it, she did a great job and it, um, yeah, it's a great book. You should invest in it. Okay. So if you were to, uh, if you were to give this a rating out of five oxygen tanks, what would you give it? Uh, four. It's not perfect. And four out of I'll five oxygen tanks. That's that's maybe three and three quarters. Three it's quarters, like huh? Three point seven five. Yeah, yeah. That's words. Just, Those are just, just, words. just make yeah. it easier. You know, I'm converting the fractions to decimals because people have a hard time with that. I guess. <laughs> Because then, well, then, I'm a math nerd, then either pe- then you know if you prefer one or the other, then you know, you know, it's just fine. And the more you know. All right, so Jeff, Jeff quickly dropped from a four to a three and three quarters, point seven five. So, Nick, how do you feel about this book? So there were some issues with some of the characters, in my opinion. Um, some of them were a little too cliche, but I'm okay with that. So I guess it just depends on what your style of like, what you expect out of a book. And as we all know, I just want entertainment. I don't want to go too deep. I don't want it to be too crazy. 
Uh, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. And I give it uh, four thumbs up out of five. We're not dealing with thumbs. We're oh, oxygen tanks. oh four oxygen tanks out of five. <laughs> oh, in that half. case, three Ooh. oxygen tanks. <laughs> No, I like I like the idea of your rating system. Your your thought of it changes from whether or not it's oxygen or thumb. I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was trying to read while write while talk, and it just was not working. So four oxygen tanks out of five and a half, yes. which uh, calculates to three point six three repeating. Okay, so. Out of so five. Nick, Nick liked it a little less out of five. So Nick liked it a little less than Jeff. Boy, boy. Yeah, he tried to make it difficult for me. And he Brandon's all to... like, this book sucked. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> a female um, protagonist? Not in my era. <laughs> a female protagonist that's a that, that that's Arabic? I don't think so. So um actually before that gets taken out, oh, it's already taken out of context, I'm sure, at some point in time. <laughs> somebody's like, I'm gonna clip this part out. Um no, I have absolutely no problem with that. That was one of my favorite parts of this was that there were very few white people in this. I don't even remember any um of them. And if they were in it, I like it, it never was brought up really. So I But then I mean race was, was never anything that was brought up unless it was important to the plot. Sure. And yeah, I think anyone also who was white was also some other m- type of minority. Were they based on the accents that they they were given? I think that could have just been Rosario Dawson. True, but still. So, um, no, but Andy Weir, I know that he was very much involved in the audiobook for The Martian. However, he said that you know he he talked about how the narrator for The Martian did so in such a way that you know he pictured Mark Watney as this completely different kind of guy. And the narrator came to it with a different vision. And he's like, you know what? I kind of like the narrator's view better. So I could see uh, Andy Weir being like, no, I think I think, I think, think these accents, well, let's keep them in. I like that. Let's go with it. So whether he, whether he has that or not, my overall thoughts were this was a good book. It was fun. It was entertaining. There was some science thrown in. Um, and so, but, you know, there were some, some writing things that bugged me throughout the thing. So I... I'm very similar to you guys. You know, Jeff was 3.75. Nick was 3.63 repeating. Um, and I was, I got to figure out how to notate that in the show notes. Thanks, Nick. You're um, welcome. I'm going to, I'm going to give it, you know what, since we're dealing with science and stuff like that, I'm going to go with pi. <laughs> 3.14159. Does that mean your review is infinite? No, it just never ends because, it, and it, isn't and that it what, so isn't infinite, that what just infinite means? Never ends. No, if because the value is not if infinite. If we're getting like, oh, okay, I get you. Like, like the so so here's the thing: the value of pi is actually not that great. It's only three and some change. So that yeah, you know what? Yes, my my review is just like pi. It I won't shut up about it, but it may not be that valuable. The value may not be that high. Well, yeah, let's, let's go you with know that. I just so, realized my baby could be born on Pi Day. <gasps> it's not going to. I don't think it'll it. happen. But it is a possibility. You said it. It's not going to happen. Man, that child would be scarred for the rest of their life. First, you're naming it Fraggle, and now you're, and then it would be born on Pi Day. No kidding. Uh, I'm yeah. yeah. Like there is a so, there is a chance. What are you saying? Like one in a hundred? More like one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah. 
All right. So now that we've messed up our ratings system completely. We? Um, no, no, no. Well, you, okay, you went to the decimals, and that gave Nick a little bit more leeway to go to decimals. Like, a half may not have been that big of a deal. And so it's like, okay. But, you know, science, pi and science and math. Science. So... Um, no, so I mean, here's the thing. We 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 like this book. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was uh, sciency. It was. I mean, I mean, and in no way perfect. And in no way perfect. Uh, if we were to distill this down, Rotten Tomato style, saying, uh, would you would you recommend people read this, Jeff? Would you recommend people to read this? Yes. Nick, quick and simple. Um, Just, yes, for the most part. And I'd give it. I yes. would so, actually. I would actually suggest you listen to it. Okay, well, you consume it. Consume it. Yes, so, consume so. this book. All right. Nom, so, nom, 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 if nom, we nom. did this, if we did this Rotten Tomatoes style, then it goes from a from our random weird scores. I'm not even going to do the average of it because that's just too much math for one night. Um, and it goes from our random scores to a 100. percent It is a perfect 100 percent beating out Black Panther. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> but more on that later. Next episode, this episode. I'm not sure how we're releasing that. <laughs> All right, guys. So I've got this broken down into some into some uh, segments here. We've got the world. We've got the characters. We've got the writing. We've got the reading because we all consumed it through Audible. So I think we can all talk about the Rosario Dawson's performance. We have a little bit. I want to talk about the comparison between Artemis and Martian. And then we're going to do some fantasy casting. And I just kind of sprung that on you guys after we started recording. So... What do you guys think about the world? Personally, I like a book that sets up a really cool world. Like Brandon Sanderson is kind of the king of that, in my opinion. He builds this awesome world. Patrick Rothfuss is another guy who is great at building worlds. Where uh, this one, this one is not, the world is not as rich as that, but he doesn't have to explain as much because it's kind of set in our universe, just in the roughly 70 years in the future. And so, I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed the world. And we got to see a lot of the we got to see a lot of the moon and a lot of Artemis because of all the travels that Jazz did. But uh, I I felt that the world was a little lacking. I felt I, and I don't know why. What do you What do you guys think about how the world? Was I think set it up? was very believable, and so because it wasn't like fantastical, maybe that's where it was lacking. Like to me, it was like, yeah, this is pretty much how I would suspect that the world would be it wouldn't be anything out of the ordinary that i don't understand or you know nothing that's like too fantastic and so like i thought that that was brilliant on his part because you know authors or or people especially if they're doing something in the future tend to say okay i'm going to create something that is just completely foreign that i can kind of grasp onto and hold on to and i don't feel like there was any of that in this other than that they were living on the moon, but all of the science yeah, and mean, everything he, was he there. He kind of played with gravity yeah, a little bit. But, you know, I mean, everything was just where it was supposed to be. Like, I, that's what I like. What did you think about the fact, like, okay, so I'm going to tie in into the world politics and, like, criminal underbelly stuff. Did you feel that it was believable? Not, okay, maybe not. There was a point where it's like, oh, wait, all of a sudden there's... Like the mob owns the air. Hold on, wait. You can't just. And so this that, is the first time they're exploiting it for their own use. Yeah, it's. 
How long? Yeah, how long again, had it existed? Movie. I think she was saying that her whole life she had lived there, and she was like twenty four, somewhere in there, right? Twenty uh, something makes sense. Her, the Wikipedia doesn't say, but she. Um, so if it, if it's a fairly new colony, I don't think that the mob would jump on it until something was established. So that's what I don't know. Like, how long has it been around? Certain parts of it were new, but it was definitely, I mean, one of the key plot points of the book was that, you know, when the, when Artemis, the colony was first established, they built, uh, the, the, they built the domes and, you know, people wanted to come up there and move there. And that was their primary, primary good basically was people coming to the moon with money for their tourists. And they brought a little bit of money, but really the way that, uh, Artemis sustained itself was people coming to the moon and one of the big plot points was that this, this people stopped coming to the moon. They'd plateaued. Uh, the mob owned the aluminum smelter, and they didn't need nearly as much aluminum anymore because they didn't have to be building any more domes because they had plenty of space, I guess, for people. Now, what I don't get is why they didn't... Uh, they, they act like the, it plateaued and they had plenty of space, but it still felt like there was an overcrowding issue. Because, you know, Jazz was sleeping in a coffin is what they called it. Which, I mean, it reminded me, if you've read Ready Player One. The stacks. Of the, uh, of, no, not even the stacks. The hab. The habitat. Hab? Oh. Is that what they called it? No, that was, that was. No, in uh, Ready Player One, when he goes and becomes an indentured servant. And oh, he's, yeah. And uh, for IOI. Spoilers, I guess. Sorry. Uh, uh, you've had your chance. Yeah. So. Like, that's an <laughs> the old movie's book. about that's to come an old out. Book. Um, no, so I mean, here's the thing: the movie's gonna be completely different. But there's a, there's a scene where uh, in Ready Player One, there is a scene where the main character is sleeping in like a little coffin shaped thing, and uh, you know, not even a trailer size. And so they, it feels like there's a little bit of overcrowding still. How hard would it be if aluminum is so cheap because nobody cares about it on the moon anymore? How hard would it be to just build another dome and give people some space and room and yeah yeah um so i don't know the the mob it seemed a little weird to me that uh she didn't realize that the mob was in charge of the smelter especially since the smelter was such a crucial part and that the mob hadn't done something before then they just been running it as a business uh, I don't know, Jeff. What what are your what are your overall thoughts on the world? I mean, it's solid. I mean, I it's when they're inside the dome, it's still just kind of she's living in a city. There's nothing fantastical about the dome itself. It's it's just the dome. There's no real. There's no real like oh, and because it's, we're on the moon, we can do this. It's there's a couple like no, we can float and things are lighter but you know it it's when when they're outside the dome doing evas and whatnot then you kind of get a sense of we're on the moon like not we're not just inside we're like a sheet of glass between you and death you know so i don't know what that meant anyway uh but yeah it's it's i can see how you could not enjoy the world building because he took a neighborhood and put it on the moon yeah, I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I, I didn't hate it. I just thought to myself, oh, okay, that th- that's what I get 
it, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Um, I don't know. What did you guys think about their currency? About the fact that they weren't allowed to have a currency on the moon, and so they used the shipping credits as currency? I just I, I it felt um, like fallout to me. <laughs> like it was just kind of like, hey, let's do something different. Let's yeah. I think it's fine. I mean, I it, it it makes it more interesting. I mean, if he just said, "Yeah, it's $5," then, you know, less world building, right? But that's something that will make this unique and make it different. That's that she's paying for things in slugs as opposed to just dollars yeah. or yen or whatever you want to Deutschmarks pesos yeah I, I wonder if it, having having its own currency w- will make it a little bit more of a timeless story because you know i a lot of authors what they'll do is they'll be like oh to show that this is in the future you know that uh that that glass of beer that you just bought that is going to be one million dollars you know they they do like incredible inflation and i can't remember they talked about the conversion rate for a minute but i can't remember what the conversion rate was at and so to me it just feels like slugs oh i have nothing to base slugs off of in my real world and so they don't have to shock me by being like oh that's cheap or oh that's expensive so that makes sense um i i think andy weir really thought certain parts of this through and and other parts he just didn't um and so maybe that's why the world felt inconsistent to me because the parts that he didn't think through, I was like, hmm. But he's a math nerd. He he's a math and science nerd and space nerd. And so it makes it makes sense to me that he wouldn't think about politics as much. Like I know a lot of math and science nerds who are into politics as well, but they're not as expert on that as they are on math. Um or you know, or you know, the mob or anything like that. So Okay, so the world, 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 we're given a. It was pretty good. Uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about the world before we move on to the characters? Well, I was just thinking that when you were talking about how he doesn't focus on one thing, um, and then the other thing kind of gets pushed aside. I think that's something that might have been a case of that we had expectations based on the last book. And then it was brought down when it wasn't up to the same level. So like the Martian, it seems like everything was just so well thought out and just like on par, like throughout the entire book. And And then it was like, we're coming into this one with these expectations, which, you know, is bad on our part, but also, I mean, we're human, we can't help ourselves and we're nerds. So, so it makes me wonder if, if some of that was in coming into play here like well you know he thought everything so well through in the martian why didn't he think of this and this one you know and so well it's kind of like that theory of uh, a band's first album will always be the best because they spent years and years and years working on it and their second album they had to get out real fast so you know and i think that's exactly right the martian was a passion project for him he actually released that chapter at a time on the internet because he pitched this idea to a publishing house. I want to say, and they said, yeah, that won't sell. And so he released yeah, it to the internet. Shut them. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's his, that was his passion project. This one, I think I almost feel like he's like, he was thinking about it and he thought to himself, you know what? 
I want to write a good uh, murder mystery political thriller kind of a book. Um, and so to the moon and, and <laughs> yeah yeah he's like but i know space i don't know earth so i'm going to set it in a setting that i'm going to be more comfortable with and yeah so we went to the moon so you know what and I, i'm okay with that all right like, well i mean it worked yeah. so it's it's fun i don't normally like the these detective whodunit kind of stories but this one was fun because it was couched in science fiction it was disguised as science fiction. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. the The world, the world was okay. It uh, it had its shortcomings, but but it also had some things that it did pretty good. Uh, what do you guys think about the characters? Um, you know, and I'll go over a list of the characters real quick in case if you're like me, you're like, oh, the rich guy and his daughter. So the main character is Jazz Bashara, and she's the one who gets wrapped up into a plot to do something illegal by the rich guy whose name is Tron Landvik. His daughter's name is Lenny Landvik. Their bodyguard is Arena. Um, the pen pal guy is uh, Jinshu. Then the... Uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to remember all of the, all of the characters' name. You've got... Uh, Oh, what is the... Okay, so here's from the Wikipedia. Thank you. There's Jazz, Amar Bashara, her father, Trond, Trond Ludvik, the wealthy Norwegian businessman, Martin Sud... Sav, <laughs> wow, really should have just sent you this link. Martin Svadobia, Sav, <laughs> uh, the old... scientist. Uh, Rudy Dubois, uh, the is, head of security. Is it Dubois or Dubois? Probably Dubois. Because he's Canadian. Uh, Dale Shapiro, an EVA master. Bob Lewis, a former Marine, head of the EVA guild. Oh, geez. Fendels Nigui, N-G-U-G-I, the founder of founder and administrator of Artemis. Which, which is funny because you listened to this book. Yeah, but a while ago. Uh, Marcio Alvarez, the Latino assassin. Jin Chu, an assassinate of Ludvigs from Hong Kong. Loretta Sanchez, the owner of Sanchez Aluminum, and Kevin Oh Calvin. Kelvin. Kelvin. Or Oteno Ateno. Jazz's pen pal from Kenya. There are other characters, but that is all Wikipedia gave me. Okay, so I want to start out with Jazz's pen pal. Because uh Jazz's pen pal, when I when I got the first part of jazz writing a pen pal when she's a little kid i'm like oh i hate it when authors do this and this pen pal thing is just going to be annoying and it's going to tie in somehow no no it didn't just tie in somehow it was like a massive like their relationship continued throughout the book and i think that was awesome that a pen pal relationship was so cool and that yeah yeah I, i i liked the pen pal aspect of it i really liked how it was just an innocent conversations between two people like oh you know today we did this this and this and by the way you need to ask that girl out you know you're gonna miss your chance and this this and this and then back to jazz hey that's none of your business by the way do this and then it slowly turned into hey would you be interested in smuggling because i think i found a really and it you know yeah it it grew her it, it added to the story not just filler well so it would uh really it would feel really kind of awkward because the hero of your story if they are a criminal, uh, it's it's more common now, but sometimes it feels a little weird to be like, I don't know if I should be rooting for this criminal. But this criminal felt very human. It was very much like, hey, 
it was just a series of of unfortunate events tomorrow title from another book series that led them to being criminals they're good people they just had some they made some mistakes and they got put into some tight situations and it made it so that they made some poor choices um you know between kelvin and his you know his family had this big plan so they could all go to college and get good jobs and blah 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 and his sister gets pregnant and ruins the whole plan and he has to get an entry-level job and now all of a sudden he's not going to be able to design his rockets like he wants to i thought it was his mom i thought it was his mom that had to get a job well his mom had to get a job too i thought Oh, I thought that he but, got the job he wanted, but he was, he got the job he wanted so that then she could go to college, but then she mucked it up. And so then she had to go get a job somewhere and he's, he's like, who's going to take care of the baby? Now my mom has to. And at least that that's, see, I felt like it was a big family thing. Like they were all taking sure. care of I the baby. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, these, I, I, yeah, I, these, I could be, I these, could be wrong. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it was just a funny little part. But, uh, it, you know, at the one point I felt like Kelvin was all like, my sister really messed things up here. And I, maybe he was just talking about how his sister messed it up for him, but I felt like that was part of it. Like he felt like he had to support his family. Like the plan was that they would all go get good jobs so they could support their family. And now that got messed up. And I like, I like that he said that it doesn't mean that we won't love the crap out of this baby. It's just, you know, we had a plan and now the plan is changed and you know that's how life is i mean i definitely am not where i thought i'd be at 35 but you know life happens so life finds a way oh wait wrong movie (laughs) Uh, all right any characters you guys want to talk about specifically so i actually want to comment on jazz just kind of in general because for me like she kind of felt like a man was trying to write a woman like a man to me like she was a female but the way that she behaved the way that she was written the way she talked about sex all the time they joked about it the way that you know like she was just kind of gruff and tumble with everybody and kind of like aloof and just kind of angry at people and like would brush them off until she really needed them it those characteristics in my mind are not feminine you know or as feminine as something you know as it could be and so there was just a little bit of displacement there for me um just in 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 the writing of the character herself now as i was listening to it as well like i could i could say okay i get i get it i understand why she might act this way i mean she has to take care of herself um she grew up in you know, be, being a welder. So maybe she was around people like that. But I think that that was also kind of the cool part about it is that she didn't like fall into a, you know, I'm, you know, the, the girl that can't do anything for myself. You know, like, she was very much a, I can do what I can do this. And I'm the most important person in this room, even though I kind of don't want to be, but I've been thrust into it. Um, and so, so there was a little bit of weirdness there for me. And and then the fact that she was Saudi, like from Saudi Arabia. And maybe it's just because like in Andy Weir's mind, 80 years into the future, they have progressed enough that that her culture wouldn't be totally, in, you know, 
permeated in her life. And maybe it was the whole fact that she was just completely rebelling against all of her, you know, upbringing that it seemed out of place too that she was always very sexual. And I mean, there was a lot of jokes about her, her talking about her breasts and, you know, just stuff like that, that like a Saudi woman wouldn't do like that, that in culture. Well, like, I think that was the, I think that was the point though. You know? I, I think that's why it was brought up a lot because other people would look at her and be like, Oh, you're, you're the one who goes around and sleeps with all the men. And like most of the time when she would joke about that, it was like, Oh, they think I do it, but I don't do it nearly as often as they think that I do it. He may have been saying something about, uh, about some double standards that never go away. Cause you know, there's some, I can't remember. I think she was Saudi. Um, when she, the person that she went and got the, the whole inspection bought from, um, she, she's like, oh, you are the girl that sleeps with all the boys. And Jazz is in her monologue says something to the effect of, yeah, but I won't tell her that her son sleeps with more boys than I do because, Sorry, that was uh, you know, <laughs> because it's like, oh, everybody likes to, or so the, the you know, this culture is advanced as we get. Some things never well, change. Go ahead. And Frank. I think, and I, I think this is what it was kind of the point that Andy Weir was making. If you are in a point where you are going to, if you're going to make it so taboo that you never talk about it, when somebody rebels, that's going to be the thing that they re- rebel against. You know, if your mom never lets you uh, eat ice cream when you move out and you're in college, you're going to gain fifty pounds because you're going to buy an ice cream tub every night. And, hey, I still uh, do. If, if you want do. to rebel against that. So um, the other thing that was kind of just off to me was that they, 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 he brought in a gay character and then that gay character ended up sleeping with like 14 year old people, <laughs> like boys. And I was just like, I don't, I mean, I get what he was trying to, to bring. Was it, was yeah, that like Sean? he had, he had the, the, yeah, like. Sean wasn't Sean. I, I didn't think Sean was was the gay character. I thought wasn't Tyler well, the I gay character. That, okay, well, and I could be completely wrong because like that part was just kind of like, wow, wow, he's going this way. That's fine, but yeah, because it was the, the 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 character that slept with the fourteen year old that got beat up by the mob yeah. for it because on the moon they have mob justice was uh, even though there's no the, age of consent and all that jazz stuff. Jazz's like, ex boy, yeah. Exactly. Like they, they don't have laws. They have mobs that take care of. And I guess, I guess that um, was just a way of jazz, like bringing out like, Hey, there is still corruption here. There's still stuff that may or may not. I mean, depending on your personal views, you could say, yeah, people, people still suck, suck or they're, you know, they do things that are terrible. Um, you know, which I think is important. And I think that actually builds on the world too. Like that's the sort of stuff that builds the way that Artemis is more than describing that it's in a bubble. It's the society inside of the bubble that, that creates the world. And I think he did a good job anyway. So I kind of disagree with you a little bit because, well, no, no, you're right. It was a male character writing a female character with a lot of male traits, but you know, jazz talks about how her mom left and how she stayed with her dad. Who's a welder. And I don't know. It just seems like an easy out like, to me, but I, I get it. Right. Think, I mean, you think about like, remember the Titans, 
or was, was that in Remember the Titans? I don't know. Think about pretty much any TV show where yes, it was Remember a the little girl is raised by is, a dad. Yeah, is raised yeah, by football a dad. Uh, for life. And she's kind of a little bit more tomboyish, more into football. Like that little girl could tell you more about football <laughs> than I could. And well, and I I was okay with that. It, it's like it's I was just okay with that like mentality. I don't know. It just seemed, it was just a little odd to me, and and it might just be the nature of our culture right now, and the nature of like just everything that's going on in like media and like discoveries in look like sports teams and in Hollywood and just the way the treatment of of people you know and women and the me too movement and all that stuff. Yeah, it just I mean, makes me, it just makes me a little right bit now. more hypersensitive about stuff like that. Um, and so maybe that was the reason why, I mean, you know, five years ago, I probably wouldn't even well, have thought you know, we've about had, it. We've you had, we've had the just been like, Oh, this girl's awesome. I want to be your friend. But yeah. five years ago, we probably would have said, Hey, we should have Joss Whedon write a movie about this book. And now it's like, Oh, Joss Whedon is not the, feminine icon that he used to be like we we were all kind of looking at things through rose colored colored glasses and we're not anymore so that that does make sense as to why you're paying a little bit more attention to that and you know maybe i should be too but to me that it tracked with being raised by a single father um jeff i don't know what do you, what do you think about her and her and her more masculine traits i guess i i in my head it kind of leaves for independence like she was never the damsel in distress she, well okay she was in distress occasionally but uh, sorry but she never waited for her prince charming to come see yeah, her it was oh crap there's a problem how do i fix it i need to fix it no one's coming to no one's coming to save me i'm gonna have to to kind of quote the martian i'm gonna have to science the heck out of this and neither here nor there <laughs> you know it's she she was a you know she was in charge mr barakas okay i meant i mentioned this when i i thought this was where nick was going with this she seemed a little bit overpowered to me everything that they had to do she knew how to do uh she could she was an excellent <clears throat> electrical engineer she was an amazing welder she was a master criminal <laughs> she, she, she was good um, at uh <laughs> planning you know yeah, she could plan. She, could she plan was the one that always she did could, it. Like she didn't really take. Uh, you know, well, I mean, I guess at the very end, she did take advice from people. She's like, okay, this is a lot bigger than what I can do, and so I'm bringing together people who are experts to help me with it. At least that's the the impression that I got. She assembled her oceans, her eleven. Yeah, you know, she yeah, got it was team. awesome. Um, but um, I think they did like. I mean, it was very subtle in the way that they said, oh, she's a, ch a prodigy, a child prodigy. Oh, you could have been the best welder ever. And she was just like, I don't want to. And then everyone's like, you have great potential. Why aren't you using it? You know, I mean, that's a that's a kind of overdone trope in, in a lot of fiction and stuff like. But um, jack of all trades and, and master and not of none. just not yeah. just the not just the child prodigy, but also the child prodigy who rebels against everything and everyone looks at like oh you you squall you squandered such potential and then she turns around and saves the entire colony after try after almost killing the entire colony uh, <laughs> with yes because she and you know what like at that point uh, to your point as well like she wasn't perfect 
And that was actually kind of cool to me. Like she didn't think of everything and then she had to fix what she screwed up on. Like I kind of liked that about the book a lot, actually. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, there was a moment in the book where it was like, okay, they bring the mob in. You know, they say, oh, the mob is going to do this and this and they're going to take over all the oxygen and, you know, blah, 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 and science. And I was like, oh, great. Now this book is going to be about the mob coming to try to get her and she's going to get away or something like that. And I was extremely relieved and very impressed that Andy Weir didn't take it there. Like he took it like instead of, oh, now this is going to be a spy like heist like hiding from the person or you know shipping them off on the ship or trapping them somewhere so that she can you know get them arrested or something you know i mean there's so many ways that is so easily common in you know science fiction books but he decided to go a completely different direction where they had to like science their way out of it which i thought was really cool like i thought that was an original idea it was original like to me that was original and so it was very refreshing. And that's part of the reason I just loved the end. Like, I was just like, this is really cool that I don't even know who the boss is, really. Like, who who's the mob? They're, you don't have any idea. They're just the mob, right? Like, we don't bring in another character that we didn't know, really. You know, it's just this person that owns the smelter. And she doesn't even really end up being part of the mob. She just used it as a means to an end because she didn't want to lose her, you know, her, her place. So like, I don't know. I thought that was really cool in my opinion. Yeah. I could see that. Um, yeah. Um, I, I could see that. I felt like she was the only character that had any decent growth, um, in this book. Well, she was the only one that could, I mean, there wasn't really anybody else. I mean, I guess her dad has growth because he forgives her. Um, but you only have him for the very, very end. You get very little of him until she says, okay, I've, I've got to talk to my dad. And I have to bring him into Weld. And then they have that moment where he's like, she she realizes that he really loves her. Like, I thought that was really cool. And how he how she quantifies with mathematics how much more he loves her. <laughs> like I was just like, that is awesome. She's like, most people can't tell tell anyone how much more their dad loves them, but I can because he spent X amount more time on the weld than I knew he could do it in. And so he loves me 365% more <laughs> or something like that. And I was just like, that is that is so cool. Like I was just like, that that is cool. That is yeah. Anyway. So speaking of that uh, gathering that they had a little bit, did you guys notice the Doctor Who references? No. Remind me. So the bar's name is Hartnell's, and the bartender's oh. name is Billy. I did not yes. put that together. Good job, Brandon. So, William Hartnell, the first Doctor. So Andy Weir's a cool. nerd. That'd be funny if he comes back and goes, wait, what Doctor Who reference? Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> did it on purpose. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That makes me like him more. Um, okay, so the, here's 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 something against the rest of the characters. Every other character was your stereotypical nerd character, except they were stereotypical nerd characters that win in the end. And it almost is like him being all like, I'm tired of the nerds losing because I'm a nerd and I want the nerds to be the heroes. And so, you know, the Savolda, how did, is that how you said it, Jeff? 
I don't know. Uh, Svoboda, he, uh, Svoboda is the Ukrainian scientist who I feel like he was putting himself into. Like, he may not be jazz, but he could definitely relate with Svoboda. I don't know. The whole condom thing was kind of weird. <laughs> but it was like, okay, sure. I get it. You know, I mean, they were cool characters. I liked them. But, uh, you know, Bob, I started out hating Bob, and then I liked Bob, and then I hated Bob, and then I liked Bob. Which one was Bob? The U.S. Marine, uh, the leader of the EVA Guild. Yeah, the one oh, that, okay. like, failed her at the beginning and then... Had this really cool ride. Yeah, he has the the buggy that like souped up with everything. Of course, it has this. Of course, <laughs> the mayor, governor, lady that's like in charge of economics, of just she's Gucci, yeah, head of Gucci. head of Arnibus. Like she was, she was fine. Like, I mean, she was basically. I mean, I knew that she was going to be somehow involved. Like, I mean, you could kind of just call that. If in a lot of ways, I I would have kind of been disappointed if she hadn't in some way been like, no, this is what we have to do. But, um, yeah, I guess, I guess everybody was good. I'm, I'm, I'm not really complaining about anybody. So really, um, I liked how, because the fact that Andy Weir was like, well, scientifically the best place to do rocket launches is on the equator. So I'm going to make Kenya be in charge. I like the way that how he did that. He was able to have a very diverse, crew of people a very diverse cast because it took it from oh we're not launching out of florida anymore we're not we're not leaving out of out of houston we are actually going straight to the equator because getting up to outer space is a lot easier from the equator and so i thought i thought that was kind of cool how he had a real world reason why things were a little bit more diverse rather than just being like diverse for diversity sake Rudy was cool. I don't know what more to say other than I I really liked Rudy's character. Uh, I really liked how we were introduced to Rudy's character by being, oh, oh, your wife was, your wife had an accident this morning and she she ran into a door. I guess she was, I guess she was pretty clumsy. All right, let's see, black eye and punches the guy. And I was like, okay, two broken ribs. It was the fourth and fifth one. All right, you know, I, I liked the I liked his brand of justice. Yes, yeah. yes, and it was justice. It like the entire time, Jazz was all like, "No, I mean, he, he, it may seem a little rough, but he he's fair about it." So, I like how he never abused his authority, but he, yeah, yeah, I, I I liked the introduction that we got to Rudy. He was pretty cool. Um, all right, so let's you know let's jump into the writing. This was the this was the thing that that took it down for me. The thing that I did not love quite as much and i think jeff and i had some similar things that we didn't like so i'm gonna let jeff go first so there is a thing in writing known as Chekhov's gun where essentially if you introduce a rifle wouldn't it be called a phaser when you if you introduce a rifle in (laughs) chapter one oh a phaser uh, rifle it needs to be fired by chapter three if you introduce a gun chapter act one act three uh i'm reading this kind of off of wikipedia so so what you're supposed to say is brandon you're an idiot shut up well i mean it's the same concept though if you you can you if you introduce a gun at the beginning of the movie by the end of it it needs to be fired look at thor ragnarok at the beginning scourge the executioner has two big guns and he says hey look at these and at the end he uses them to save the day literally the guns yeah literally so it those were literal Chekhov's guns so my complaint with this book is Chekhov's condom 
this he goes into painstakingly <laughs> details of how you can reuse this condom kids ask your parents and not i'm not saying i needed a hey yeah jazz had sex scene but it's still like why <laughs> go through the trouble and like if it came back and like i need something to seal off this container <gasps> the condom it, I, I would have been more satisfied but it's just like <laughs> They can and they refer you, to it. You were waiting for the use of that condom, weren't you, Jeff? Kind of, at the end of it, it was just kind of like, wait. I know this is a weird thing to say, but what about the condom? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Brandon made me say any all of this. Actually, okay, so I wasn't. I my Chekhov's experience with oh your Chekhov's gun is something different. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't a condom. Although oh. now that you say that, it was like, yeah, you're completely right. Um, maybe your thing will make me forgive the condom. Let's see what's yours. No, no, because it's worse. It's, it, it's okay. So my biggest pet peeve in a lot of media, because I know how difficult it is, is when somebody goes in and either, you know, hacks their way into their password by just making a bunch of, I'm going to guess their children's birthday plus their second, uh, oldest dogs, uh, best friends walker. You know, it's like, no, that's you would not just randomly guess that stuff. However, in the scene where uh, she is in Jinchu's hotel room and she's like, "Okay, what what does he have? What what is this all about?" She's like, "Oh, there's a safe." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's a hotel. There's a safe in the hotel." And she's like, "It's locked." But these these saves they lock after three times of bad passwords, and there's 54 yeah. possible combinations. What could it be? Let's think about the five minutes that I have spent with him in his entire life. This person who I have never actually had a conversation with. Yeah, I get I get that. Oh, he that likes little... Star Trek, so I'm going to do 1701, which is the registration number for the Enterprise. And ding, and it <laughs> works on the first try. And it's like, okay, all right. You put in the whole scene about how he likes Star Trek, just so that she can break into his safe in a completely unreal thing. Because well, wouldn't that though not qualify as Chekhov's gun because it was satisfied? Like they introduced a concept and then used it. I'm I'm arguing your use of Chekhov's gun, not the stupidity of. He's a Star Trek fan. I'm sure out of everything well, no, in his life. No, that that, is the that, that's only the whole thing point of Chekhov's gun, isn't it? Where you put a gun on the mantle and you say that has to be used by the end of the end of the story. Mm, yeah, but wasn't it used though? Like introduction in him being introduced yeah, as yeah. a Star Trek fan, it was Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So it was, Again, it was I'm, ar I'm arguing your phrasing of Chekhov's gun, not the stupidity of the scene. <laughs> okay. Um so what I'm saying is that was Chekhov's gun. I was like, that was very for it was a forced oh, okay. Chekhov's gun. That's so okay. so I'm I'm wrong. My example was not Chekhov's gun. Mine was an no, no, unsatisfied no. Chekhov's gun. Yes, yours, 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 yours was okay. unsatisfied. But the, but both of the concepts are Chekhov's gun. It's like yeah. we had this thing, and we and we can use it. But one of them was like, oh, the gun went off, and one of them was the gun didn't go off. But it was both Chekhov's gun. So, um, yeah, I don't Never know. I thought I've, we would have a philosophy discussion about Chekhov's gun involving condoms and Star Trek. So. That's why I said it's Chekhov's phaser. It's just it's just another day for us. You know. Actually, this is a first. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. That stuff and little things like that, little coincidences. This is the thing about a lot of books that are I'm starting to be annoyed by. Like, yes, you have to have things that fall into place for your protagonist, 
But boy, when there are just too many coincidences, I have a hard time. And you know what? I I feel like an author's second book has all tends to have more coincidences that happen for their hero. Um, Ready Player One, there were a lot of coincidences, but the way that it uh, the way that it was uh, the story was being told through the memoir narrative kind of a thing is like okay i can buy that there were that there were a lot of coincidences because you know what he studied all these things um but in ernest klein's second book armada man everything just kept falling into place for that kid yeah that book and was rough. and it's like i i I have a hard time with that. And it was a second, it was a second book. And this one, you know, jazz, a lot of things sucked for jazz, but when she needed something to fall into place, it fell into place. Um, with the exception of a condom, I guess. Uh, Rimshot. So, all right. Uh, yeah, that was my, that was my, those are my complaints. Besides that, it was, it was fine. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. The bartender trying to get alcohol mixes, right? but he's on the moon. So getting, getting ingredients is kind of hard. I found that mildly entertaining, but yeah, that was good. That was kind of funny. I don't, trying I don't to, drink, he's trying so to I don't. distill stuff and it's just terrible no matter what he does. <laughs> um, okay. So here's another thing, security on that, on the, on the moon. Okay. So how come they can't. So Rudy knows that it is jazz basically who, who did, who did it. And he's got security footage of her, uh, on the train or whatever it was out to the place. Why didn't he just follow the security footage for this person all the way back to where jazz changed into her disguise plot? I mean, well, okay. may, maybe there's not cameras all the way there. I don't know. Well, and, and it's also established that like, once he found that out, he realized that there was something else going on. So it didn't matter. Yeah. He had his, witch. he needed to just, he didn't, he didn't need to find proof. So I don't know. There were a lot of little coincidences. Yeah, he went straight to the source. Very entertaining. If you listen to it on three times speed, you can get through it all in one day. Um, (laughs) I don't understand how you can do that. That I can't (laughs) listen to stuff faster than it's intended. So I can uh, do I can do audio books if I don't know the person's voice. And I can do it like one and a half to maybe two. And then it just sounds like they're talking like this. And they just talk fast, and I'm okay with it because I don't have to recognize them. But people I know and stuff like that, I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so speaking of people we know, Rosario Dawson is somebody that we know. Um, I know her primarily from her MCU Netflix stuff. That was where she really got put onto my radar. I've probably seen her in other things, but that's where I have you seen a Will name. Smith movie? You probably saw her. She was in Rent. She was really good in that. Okay. So, she was also in Alexander with Colin Farrell. She was in Josie and the Pussycats, which I've referenced before. Oh, really? Um, Have you? She. What else was she in? Anyway, so the but the, she so she's she's a character that we know and we know her. I know her as the night nurse and as her snarky night nurse because she always is like, "Oh, really? Thanks. I didn't think about that." Or why don't you guys do this? Because you know you've got superpowers. I heard the night nurse in so many things that. Uh, hey, that she was Batgirl was in the Lego Batman movie and Wonder Woman in Justice well, I knew League. That. Dark. That's what I was trying to think That's of. That's right. Was, she was Batgirl. In Lego Batman, yes. Barbara Gordon. Oh, yeah, That's spoiler. Barbara Gordon, I guess, if you... <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention since the 60s. Um, yeah, I know I... Meant, I, I meant Rosario. Never mind. I meant 
spoiler alert that Barbara Gordon becomes Batgirl in Lego Batman movie. But anyway. <laughs> wow. Also, we have to, I just think it's funny that you have to. <laughs> that I'm re explaining no my spoiler despite the fact that no one actually. There you go, Jeff. Cares. We're good. We're covered. Lego Batman movie wasn't good. Sorry. So, I'll say it. It was hey, fun, though. She, I loved in it. In the 2009 Wonder Woman cartoon, she played Artemis. That's funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. That, that was a good Sorry, point. I'm, I like I'm that. Dawson's. She, so was we, in, so we, she was in Percy Jackson. Yeah, she was Persephone. That's Connie what, that's and what Unstoppable. That's a great movie. <laughs> no, seriously. Unstoppable. It's right, right. a good movie. I so, think we're tangenting here. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. What did you guys think about her performance in this book? All right, I do have to admit, some of those accents were a little rough. <laughs> no. They may have been rough, um, but they were... But they were fine. Consistent. Like she did, yeah, she did a good enough job that like she was, you know, cons- yeah, consistent. But I was just like, huh, okay, maybe try a different one. Like <laughs> it's like when I try to do any accent, I just sound like an Asian, like old lady. You sound racist. Yeah. So, well, I guess my Scottish one's pretty good, but that's just because I watched a lot of Celebrity Jeopardy. So really, I'm just pretending to be you Sean have a Connery. Scottish accent. You have a Sean Connery, Sean Connery impression, pretending impression. to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think that like the way that she portrayed the character was like spot on. Like exactly how I thought that you know her type of like that jazz was. And it's a really hard smart, for me. A little sassy. Yeah, and she's all of those things. Like I mean, just in real life, she's very smart. She's she's got a little edge to her. She's you know, I mean, she's very strong-willed, and she's an awesome human being just in general. But, um, yeah, and it was hard for me to picture Jazz as anyone other than her. But I think I do have somebody that I could cast as her otherwise, like cast Jazz as, is what I'm saying. But I think we're doing that later, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to do that later okay. because this movie has been optioned already by Phil Lord and the directors are going to be Phil Lord and what? Christopher Miller. So, hmm. yeah, so it's going to happen. So let's, let's let's cast it for him and then we'll be brought on as as uh, consultants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I would you I kind of want to read it in, in just paper format now or Kindle format um to see what i think about it but i think i would i think i would i think it's i think it's probably more entertaining to listen to rosario dawson than to just read it on paper Wait, you have to use your hands it's like a baby's toy thank you michael j fox that would be actually elijah that was elijah wood. wood wasn't it yes elijah wood and unknown actor number one <laughs> All right. I bet Elijah Wood knows who it was. I'm sure he knows, but sends him a Christmas card every year. Look where I'm at. So, what did you do after Back to the Future? Because I'm in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> dude. It's on Netflix right now, and I've like watched like five times. Back to the Future Fel- or Lord of the Rings? Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to say about the the narration? It was fine. Rough accents, but jazz was perfect. So yeah, I think she did a good job. I mean, I didn't have any complaints. So okay, so so then moving on to uh, next subject, 
and this is a question that I just want to, you know, as a fan, want to think about. Do you think that the Martian and Artemis are in the same universe? Because they're both, according to the according to the Wikia page, they're both roughly seventy years in, into the future, about the same time time period. Uh, based on that comment, no, I do not. Because I have a feeling that it would have been like, hey, there's this guy stuck on Mars. I wonder if people on the moon can help. They're closer. You know, I, I it would have there would have been too many easy things about the Martian. I guess thing. that's true. And then you wouldn't have to have China and America work together because mm-hmm. Kenya would be in charge. Yeah. True story. Uh, so hot. Yeah. I was right, kind of on board. And, shot down. I was kind of on board until you made until you said that that was a, a thing. Like until you gave yeah, I would have been it. okay with it if they weren't at the same time. Also, but. I'm convinced that after Watney got back to Earth, he just sued the pants off of every space agency, and we just never went to space again because Watney just was a dick about it. Watney took all their money. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he. And he just fly and he just shoots way. rocket off into the sun to say like, "Ha, strand me <laughs> on Mars, will ya?" I don't know why he... Let me come back and teach for you, but strand me on Mars. He doesn't do that so... in the book. I know, I know, I know. The book ends okay. with him saying, "I'm, I have broken ribs. I am unshowered. I uh, am in immense pain, and it's the happiest day of my life." All right, let Spoiler. me ask you a question. Okay, so now, do we want to do our fantasy casting first, or do we want to? We did get a review from Clay Glad. Uh, in let's do our about fantasy this, casting, so. and then we'll do that in the end. Yeah, let's do the fantasy casting so you can take a break from talking. Not All that, right, I mean, fan- giving you a break, not saying that you've been talking too much. Like, Whatever. I, 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 get I you. meant it I, to I, be I, nice, I get but it turned out to sound kind of douchey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fantasy casting. Let's cast Jazz. Uh, I don't know. Who do you guys want to cast? All right. So Jazz. Oh, we're doing it as a group? Oh, geez. Okay, so this is this was my thought, my first thought, and Brandon has not seen this movie, so he might not agree, but I figured that Jazz, if it wasn't Rosario, would be the girl who plays Negasonic Warhead in Deadpool. Like, I just, it, I can just picture it. I don't know why. Isn't she white? That'd she's, be my. That'd she's be got my a. Complaint. She's got a little bit of like. Something, something, something in there. I'm sure, but like that was just my first thought. Like I, I, I don't know. Like, See, I went, I took the cheap route and thought I need to think more on the other characters. So let's just put Rosario Dawson as Jazz. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about the rest. I don't want to think about another character. But yeah, yeah, that was my only thought. Like I was just like Negasonic Warhead girl. She could be Jazz Neg- if it was Teenage Warhead. Yeah, her. So um, the people that I thought of all for some reason, I don't know why, but they all came from Quantico, which is a TV <laughs> show on ABC. You didn't fall um, asleep watching Quantico, did you? No, I haven't watched it for a long time, actually. Oh. But they're the main character, the main actresses on Quantico. Her name is Priyanka Chopra. I think she might do a good job. Or uh, there's a there's a uh, uh, a character actually. Well, I won't say anything because I won't be Jeff and spoil another property. Actually, I think I already did with Ready Player One. Um, I won't spoil another property. Um, there's a character in there uh, who is, you know, where's the head garb and all of that. Uh, her real name is Yasmin Al-Masri. And so they fit the – I'm casting, to be honest, I, I like their acting, but also 
they fit the the racial stereotype and the look of it and they're strong women characters on this show so that's what i was thinking for them but so there, there's jazz um <laughs> to be honest rosario dawson during her josie and the pussycat days uh would probably be my choice like if we could go back in time so because jazz is supposed to be a little younger like early 20s but i think that could be good all right um who else do you guys want to cast the so i just went down the wikipedia list so next would be her father and i put uh, an actor named sean taub uh he played jensen in the first iron man movie and I honestly, okay, full disclosure, I had to Google Muslim, Muslim actors. And when I saw his, I was just like, okay, yeah, he's good. He can, I like this guy. And he, I think he could play concerned father very well. I, for, okay. So for that one, I chose Brian George, who you may be like, Brian George, he, he plays the, uh, he plays Raj's father on the big bang theory. That's who I thought of too. I was oh. going to say the guy from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I, pic- I pictured him while I was uh, listening to the book. Actually, see so. that guy is always associated with comedy. Yeah, and though. he's the or he's the token like. He's usually you know. associated with comedy, and so you know, which is which, that, that's very true. He it was just a face that my brain went to immediately because of pre-programmed racial stereotypes. Yeah, is that what, because is that what yeah, we're saying. Yeah, because like pretty okay. much if there's an older. Of that kind of person, older person <laughs> with brown skin. He's the one who gets the yeah. who gets the call. Okay. Sure. Which uh, you know what? Let you. We're gonna let you go ahead and think of if you want to use that sentence or not. And <laughs> oh, you know what? Who would be interested? Never mind. It's it, it's completely the wrong, the wrong character. Okay. So, um, okay. So then we're looking. Next one is Tron Landvik, who is the rich guy. Um, okay. I think I won this casting, Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Fine, why not? <laughs> I just was like, ah, that, he seems like fun. I don't know that he can play rich very well, though. He doesn't. He doesn't strike hey, me he as did, the rich guy. He did it in he Power. Whistleton and Powerless. He played the rich, like he played Bruce Wayne's cousin. That's true. Bruce Wayne's That's cousin, true. But, yeah. but not the rich and powerful. Just yeah. Um, I was thinking Alan Tudyk. Alec Tudyk can do anything. Alec Baldwin. Hmm. Yeah, I like him. See, and I was thinking more like Michael Douglas along oh. those lines. Okay. You went okay, over. That, that could... I mean, yeah, because... Hmm, that could... Yeah. So... Yeah, I think I right. think any of them would work. <laughs> it's just depending on the route you want to go for the, you know, rich. Yeah, yeah see, and I'm, I'm going guy. typecast, and apparently Nick did too. We went with rich typecast guys. Yeah, I think Alan Tudyk can play the uh, the cocky rich. The, oh, I uh, Artemis doesn't allow me to smoke cigars, so I built a room that allows me to smoke cigars. I think he could pull that off. All right, uh, Svoboda. Who, who, who's Svoboda? Uh, Isn't he the the nerd? He's the Ukrainian scientist. Ukrainian, who hmm. So Russian. He's, he's, he's the he's the condom Ukrainian. Guy. Uh, he's got. So, a, he's probably younger. Well, well, maybe. Okay, no, he's younger because I'm not he's overly proud of mine. So I have already have all this written down. That's why I went silent for a little while. See, see, you're uh, you're you're better than we are. Yeah. Well, you you sprung it on us kind of last minute. I uh, did. I put Le- Lev Schreiber. 
who oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect yeah he would know he would he'd be pretty good he, uh he's a little old for the role but yeah but that's what makeup's for <laughs> i don't know like i said I, and that was another one i googled actors of ukrainian descent and he came up and thought mm, okay all right a lot, got a uh, lot of old people doing that do, do, i have the weirdest browser history right now i'm just gonna let you guys know <laughs> yeah he knows because of that you know because all that malware malware he's put on, he's put on your computer <laughs> uh what about james franco what? Uh, oh, oh he's, I, I, he doesn't. I got confused. He, he's and played, James Franco was a character in the book. He's played a scientist like, before, and I've never found it believable. Like when he who was did in. He play a scientist. That's fair enough. He, That's fair enough. When I, he was in I, uh, Planet of the Apes, like quote unquote, oh, yeah, he was he like a scientist. And I was just like, mm, no. Like, I was just like, sorry. <laughs> I've seen Pineapple Express. No. You know, like. Go find Seth Rogen. Yeah, and go just, have fun. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to do a Brandon's worst. Brandon's most hated casting and put Seth Rogen and just Seth Rogen. but I had to stop because I was the only actor I knew you hated and didn't want to put that much effort into it James Franco and now that I'm thinking about it I, w- I wonder if there's a connection <laughs> I, Wait, I don't maybe I, I, I maybe don't I'm like just Franco fine things. with Seth Rogen it's James Franco I hate See, and I think Seth Rogen would work like he, he could be. <laughs> for someone who hates him you have a fairly decent impression I wasn't gonna say good. But. Does that work? I see. I think it sounds nothing like him. So, yeah, it gets the point across. You have a uh, sarcastic impression. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Like it gets the point across. It, you couldn't do it. And anyway, whatever. Weird. Okay. So uh, I have won the 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 Rudy the Rudy castings in my head already. I don't care what either of you say. So I'm gonna let you guys go first so that I can smash you guys down. So Rudy. Rudy is the cop. Like the- Rudy's the cop guy. Um. And if, if you guys pick my my actor, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm, I would be more surprised if you picked my actor. Uh, I've chose DB Woodside. Uh, he plays Amenadiel on Lucifer. He plays Lucifer's brother. I've never watched Lucifer. I've heard it's good. I just it's haven't watched good. him. If you've got Hulu, I don't. Oh, know. I know who he is. He's also in uh, a bunch of other things I've seen. What else? Yeah. What else have I seen him in? I've, but anyway, yeah, I know, I know who he is. He, he, okay, all right, uh, okay. Nick, do you have one? Yeah, I can't remember his name. Okay, so he is the. So, have you guys watched Dollhouse, the Joss Whedon show? No, but we have IMDb. Yeah, I was, I, I was just looking him up. He, he is the police officer in that show that like. He's the tall. He's tall and oh, he came to Comic Con and has a yeah, Russiany name. Yeah, that guy. I can't remember his name. Came to Comic Con and had a Russiany name. Um, hang on just a second. Was the hang character name Paul? Probably. I don't remember. No, no. The character's oh yeah, oh, yes. The character's name is Paul. His name is Tamo Pinaket. Yeah, he was my. He, he came to Comic Con. Yeah. Yep, he was at Comic Con. My friend was his handler. Yeah, he was oh, an angel. He apparently, he's a really nice guy. He was an angel, he's, and um, he was like in Alias. I remember him from play? Alias. Oh, that would be a good oh, one no. too. The um, of the wrong guy. The other guy in Alias, he would be good too. Anyway, that's that was my that was my thought because he's kind of All that right, straight Nick, laced or, and whatever. Not Nick. All right, Brandon, win win this character. Okay, so I'm before I win this character, I just realized one that I think would be better for <laughs> uh, better for the. Uh, Svoboda character. Okay. Oh, I just closed it. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, why? Why? 
the guy who plays Victor in Dollhouse. Uh, oh yeah, he would be perfect. A, what's his? He, he would he's, be a good he's, Svoboda. He's also in um, uh, Torchwood. Yeah, and Envar Envar uh, Gudjokaj. Uh, he's oh, he's he well, he's in Agent Carter. That yeah, he's one. in that too. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's the guy who can't walk very well in Agent Carter. Did you know he's also in Avengers as no. young cop? Oh man, what? he's one of the he's one of the cops that uh, Captain America shows up and goes, put men in, get men in those buildings. People are going to be doing this, and Captain America gives him all these orders. And one of the cops goes, "Why should I listen to you?" And then Captain America shows off why he's Captain America, and then the cops go, "Yes, sir," essentially, and go do what he. Oh, says. that is him, isn't it? He's one of those cops. He is. Uh, he's one of those characters who shows up as like one time guys, and it's because he he's Eastern European. Uh, and so I think he did Walking Dead too. Yeah, he was in an episode of Walking Dead. Um, but he's kind of your go-to Eastern European guy, so that's why we got to go with Svoboda for U- the Ukrainian guy. All right, I see. Uh, and he okay. looks more age appropriate. Yes, yes. Um, and he has right, played so like he, a nerdy doctor in Torchwood, so makes sense. Are you sure he's in Torchwood? I, he's in the one that Stars did, right? Yes. The one with the all the kids. No, he's not in that. Or no. No, he's in the next oh, one. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of another guy. Sorry. I'm not seeing him in But Torchwood. the guy in Torchwood would be perfect, too. The American? No, not him. Uh, what's his name in Torchwood? What's that? I'm thinking no, of a different no, guy, though. No, my casting. I'm, going, I'm thinking of a different <laughs> guy. I'm sorry. Because, you know, all okay, y'all so look the... alike. You're speaking of... talking about white guys. I, talking about yourself. All y'all look alike. Bill Pullman See, was in Torchwood? So was Peter yes. Capaldi? You didn't know that he's in the third season. Oh yeah, I've never. Yeah, I've never Miracle Day. Miracle Day. The Miracle Day one. So okay. So so the character or the actor that would play Rudy, and he played him in the entire book from day one for me, was Mark Strong, who was Merlin and Kingsman, uh, oh. Sinestro and Green Lantern. I see. I it. think. I, I think Mark Strong. Mm. All right. I, he doesn't. He seems too old. That's my only gripe, but okay. See, and I want him dressed kind of like Merlin from Kingsman too. But he's like, also, but isn't Mark Strong British, not Canadian? I don't close know why. Commonwealth, Commonwealth. Um. Okay. Anyway, that 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 was my favorite casting of this entire one. I and it's because I would like to see Mark Strong beat up a spousal abuser. Huh. So. All right. Um, I don't know that I've got good ones for these for these next ones with Dale. The Shapiro, only one I've got Bob is Lewis. like the leader lady. I've got I've got okay, I've got one for her. So the woman who plays the doctor in Orville, she was the person that I like pictured. So the and she was also in Deep Space Nine. Oh, was she in Deep yeah, Space Nine? Yeah, just briefly. Um, well, this is Nick we're talking about for it, so bear, <laughs> wait until. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Dr. Claire Finn. Yeah, so yeah, the, the doctor, yes. and okay. she was she was the person that like I kind of. Okay. She was in um, Castle. She was the captain. So, yeah, I oh, can yeah, see yeah. her. She was. She, she, would be, she would be really good. I think I like um, her better than my choice. I picked somebody who was racially not, not who would have been in the book because this person was from supposed to be from Kenya and maybe it's because I was watching the expanse at the same time, but I thought of her name is, Oh boy. Show. Dashlu. 
So before um, you go, uh, Nick's choice is Penny Johnson Jared Gerald. So whatever, yeah. and then whatever Brandon just said. So she uh, in, she plays Christian Ava Sarala, the Indian grandma in The Expanse, if you know that one. Um, she's also in The Punisher. She plays Farah Madani. Um, oh, why did you just say that? Because I haven't seen Punisher yet. That's fair. So, uh, yeah. So I anyway, just but her character in The Expanse was very much like the character as I read it in the uh, in Artemis. I was okay. right. She is in Who's Be- yours, Deep Space Nine. Um, Just saying. <laughs> uh, I chose uh, Angela Bassett, who re- most recently played T'Challa's oh, mom good. in she'd Black be Panther. Really good in that. She'd but be so I think good. I like Nick's choice better. Yeah, she would be good. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Nick's like, oh, I guess she convinced me. My choice is a good choice. No, no, no. I'm talking about both of them. Like, I agree with his too. And I don't know why we all like. Did did they specifically say that she was a woman yes. of color? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, the Wikipedia she, she, article says she is. From okay. Her. Well, that makes me more happy because I, uh, I mean, that's what was in my mind, but I don't specifically remember them even describing that. So, I guess, I, there, I guess I it's the a, accent. The accent is probably yeah, there, what did it for me. There's there's the accent. There's also the. When it's talking about how she became powerful, it ha- she had a lot to do with Kenya becoming the dominant uh, space company. And so that's why she became so powerful. All right. Because Makes she sense. did like that. So, um, I, mean, I don't know why, but I put for Lewis, head of the EVA guild, I put Nathan Fillion. <laughs> why because... not? Because yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because why right. I Yeah, I, I could see that. I you could also that. do that, Alan that, Tudyk for that one too, though. Eh, I like Alan Tudyk being the rich guy. Yeah, sure, sure. I threw Sam Neill in as Shapiro for reasons. Ah, Sam Neill's googling names. I could also picture the guy from White Collar, the the main guy, Matt Matt Bomber. I could picture him as the seems seems too young as Dale as the you know hot shot like hey EVA guy. He's too pretty. so is That's so is Nathan point. Fillion. Yeah, but Nathan Fillion's got some miles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's about to be traded in for a for an for a newer model. Is that what you're saying? Is Matt Bomber the new model of Nathan Fillion? I'd be okay with Maybe. that. I mean, there are worse trade-ins. So um no, yeah, so a conversation uh, took a oh, weird turn. Okay. <laughs> so if you wanted to if you wanted somebody a little less pretty than Bomber, you could go with uh, Zachary Levi. I think that's more of a lateral movement. I don't know. I don't I've think, seen him well, in person, know, maybe, and he is a beautiful man. I think, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. Since oh, we one, don't last cast, one last casting. Her pen pal, Michael B. Jordan, because he gets to be in everything because he's awesome. Okay, Michael B. Jordan. I'm. He can be in anything he wants to be. Uh the next Although, Fantastic Four movie. He was a good part of that movie. Chadwick Boseman could be fun in, in. Uh, yeah, I would. I would, I think I actually would like Chadwick Boseman more than Michael B. I'm gonna stick with Michael B. Jordan. I'm gonna say so. Stanley Tucci. He can play anything. All right, just because so, I want I him to be in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up the casting. 
uh we we had some fun calls in there we had some that we were we're a bit of stretches but we had some fun calls um so we did get one uh random fandom contribution in from clay glad uh so what he wrote in was the martian is very grounded in existing or known quote unquote we can do this technology and science so it's very grabbing to me to think we have all this technology if we spent the money and the efforts it could be real very near future sci-fi based on existing slash almost there but understood technology whereas artemis is a little too future science stuff that is predictive and how it could be the author is trying to predict where technology and science could be in the future some of it fiber optic without limits uh based on no existing known theories like that's not a thing and let me say as a network nerd the fiber optic uh, cable being the the macguffin in this made 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 me happy and that's exactly what andy weir wanted nerds to do be all like oh i know what a fiber optic cable is and yeah that would change the world a lot if the fiber optic cables changed anyway so uh he says the martian feels very real but artemis is kind of distant not feeling real because of this also, the development cycle of The Martian released for free to the internet chapter by chapter. We talked about that and for review and fixing over quite a long time where Artemis was written, quote unquote, normally with much less feedback as just another book affected by Andy Weir's science feedback. He says to me, The Martian, and he kept spelling it Martin, uh, The Martian is about science with great character and situation thrown into it to make it entertaining. And Artemis is about a person and the science is added slash invented to fit the needs of the story. I'm going to say potato farming on the moon was, was, was very similar. He wraps it up by saying he did enjoy Artemis, uh, but it was not even close to being as good as the book, the Martian, a case where the book is much better than the movie and the movie was really good. So he also calls on us to do a episode where we talk about the the where the movie is nothing or very loosely based on the book and to which i say to you look in the back catalog we've done that (laughs) have we oh yeah it was like one of mine and amy's first episodes oh no that 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 was where we talked about which format was better wasn't it did we okay maybe so anyway anyway so here is I, i found a quote from andy weir talking about his science that rebuts clay a little bit He says, I tried to be as accurate as possible. Uh, It's even more scientifically accurate than The Martian. And in fact, even though it takes place many decades later than The Martian takes place, it has less projected technology, so to speak. Like in The Martian, the propulsion systems for the Hermes is a Vasmir drive, which exists, but would need a lot of development before it got to that point it was at. In Artemis, literally everything there is stuff that's real. All the technology shown in Artemis is real. It exists today in that form, in that form too, uh, apart from the spoilerific piece of tech, which I'm thinking is probably the fiber optic cable that is the magical MacGuffin in this one. Um, yeah, I also found another link where it talks about all of the science in Artemis. Um, so, yeah, that's... I don't know. I I enjoyed the science, but I'm going to see here's here's this. I do know about Clay. He's got family that works for NASA. So he knows where the aliens is kept. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Um, his, he I want to say his brother or brother-in-law worked on the Mars on one of the Mars missions. So, um, yeah, it's 
I don't know. Andy Weir says that, but he it might he might be stretching some of it. We'll we'll have to see. He found it um, on the internet. He also <laughs> said the world's flat because that makes sense. The Flat Earth Society posted a uh, posted a thing on Facebook a while back that said members of our society can be found from around the globe. <laughs> and, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, the meme that I saw said, "Wait, say that again, but slower." <laughs> I liked the one that just like had pictures of like Mercury, the Moon, like all of them, and said, "Because this makes sense." And then it had Earth as this like line, <laughs> like everything yeah. else was a circle, <laughs> and it's like, okay. But I have heard that they that flat Earth people earthers i don't know what to call them um believe that that they just circle like with the face perfectly to the earth all the time and so that's how they can explain that it looks like a circle all the other things too i'm gonna say this now you're stretching i'm gonna say this as politely as i can if you believe the earth is flat please turn off this podcast i'm I'm gonna be rude here we don't want you here (laughs) We don't serve your kind here. Wow, Jeff. Jeez. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you're a flat earther, you know, I'm if okay you're legitimately you. a flat earther, not, you know. Oh, Actually, if you're legitimately a flat earther, I kind of want to talk to you. That's what I was I, I want to have a conversation <laughs> with you on the podcast, and I want to discuss this with you at length. I think that you would be awesome. You do that without me, because. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So. Okay, well, I think. (laughs) Oh, I reward all sorts of silly behavior. Just ask my kids. Um, I mean, you just have to listen to the podcast, really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So um, we're doing another. So I think that's I think that's what we're where we're going to leave the the Artemis stuff. If you after listening to this have decided oh no i want to check that out because we left out so much like we barely even talked about what the MacGuffin was and how things worked and any and a couple of the twists so if this seems like an interesting story to you go ahead and head over to wherever you buy books like i or check them out from the library or uh audible with your subscription that i'm sure you signed up for using our link because that's how everyone signs up buy it for your kindle use our amazon link you know there's no reason you shouldn't be supporting us (laughs) but no in which case we don't want your money Jeff doesn't want your money. I, I'll take all of your money. It's you're, you're just fine. Brandon um, gets all the money anyway. So you know, <laughs> I tell you, I'm raking in the podcast dollars here. Yeah. What's what are we so. up to? Seven dollars a month. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Okay. So, um, so, so we're wrapping up now. We uh, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/FandomPodcast if you want to support us, or if you want to join the community. Uh, we have a we've gotten to know a lot of really cool people by them going over to fandom podcast and by a lot i mean like five six seven some somewhere around there uh i i it's it's not about the numbers to me it's about the people i say that jokingly but i i'm kind of i'm kind of serious we've we've had some cool interactions with people uh and we got to know them because they went over to patreon.com slash fandom podcast and signed up for a dollar a month if you do that if you head over and you sign up for that you can also in the discussion we will be posting a thing saying hey give us your random fandoms here and we will use our patreon our patrons lists of random fandoms to uh pull from these random fandom clubs next week on the episode we will let you know what our random fandom for 
this next month is so that you guys can consume it and talk about it and tell us what you think. Um, if you're thinking about becoming a patron and you just aren't quite sure, send us some feedback. You can do that. Feedback at fandompodcast.com, facebook.com slash fandompodcast, or on Twitter at fandomcast. So until next time. I haven't used the condom yet. Wait, is that your thing or are you saying? You That's why he's having two kids. And <laughs> it say say your thing. Just, just make it end. I haven't May the used fandom the fandom with. <laughs> I haven't used the condom yet. Oh. Hashtag outtakes. I'm not sure what I just said. Like, you know, I'm going to redo that first part just real quick. He said the you near f- do future. You do you. Uh, in a colony on the moon. The moon. That's kind of an important plot point. So it's called Artemis. I didn't figure it out. Nah, I'm sorry. Another instance of reading while trying to also talk because there's Captain Marvel news. Apparently, I hate when news comes out after the news episode. Yeah, me too. But it's so. also just um, some an actress has joined the cast. Yeah. Uh, actually, according to Wikipedia, someone's already bought the film rights. Hold on. Yeah. Who was it? There's names I already names Fox I recognize. And Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. That's the oh. ones that I just the said. people who keep getting fired from stuff. Were you not listening, Jeff? Uh, I w- <laughs> it, in, from my perspective, it went. Uh, Nick said. We're going to talk about casting, and then it was silent. Oh. So I think Brandon cut oh, out for a interesting. second. Oh, interesting. All right. So all right. I apologize. So, all right. Yeah. Well, then this will all be getting cut out because I can't make fun of you if there's no reason to. <laughs> and no, I also was not listening. I like that I can grab my beard with my whole fist and hair sticks at the bottom. <laughs> like I can, I my hair is bigger than my hand. Anyway. <laughs> If I shave my beard, I can't cosplay Jesus anymore. Thank you, member of the pack. You're awesome. Fandomite. Dahmer. What about fandom pack? Nope. The fandom matter. pack. I kind of like the idea of each just when we say it, each of us having our own. That sounds fun. You know, it's like me correcting <laughs> you right. every time you say Feige. You say Kevin Feige wrong. It's just a thing now. Kevin Feige? Feige. It's Feige. 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 Kevin Fogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogogog